him, eh? Can you see him, eh? Can you even know? Can you even know? I watched that the other night, you know, the last one. Yeah. Huh? What about Clems? Oh, yeah. Come here, I'll do some. Oh, why? Was that a dog dog pants in that? Yeah. I watched it up there, I have loose it off. Yeah. Apologies. No dogs in here? No. No. No dogs allowed. No So we're on episode six. Yeah. Episode six, all about this guy. Mr. Doyle in in his uh, environment. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, Tony's full time teacher, and he's got a ginger beard. I have. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's not grey, isn't it, though? It's not grey, isn't it? No, there's a okay. few blacks actually, which is weird. I'm not even ginger either. Blonde, which well that always weird. works. Yeah. Blonde, I don't know. I'm so strawberry. What going blonde? <laughs> <laughs> Bill Kid always says strawberry, doesn't he? Yeah, Auburn Sunset. Phil, yeah, which Phil? John. He's ginge. John Pilt, you're ginge. Yeah. <laughs> we all get t shirts. John Pilt is ginge. I'm going to hear it. Breeds them. Um, but yeah, Tony, full time teacher. Uh, still playing rugby, Tony? Just retired. Just retired rugby player. And. The, were you the sole founder? Was it, was it your birth idea or a couple of friends come up with a lockdown challenge? No, I come up with the idea for it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And obviously, a couple of, I was speaking to a couple of mates and, and they came on board um, with it. But they had been on board from the start of it, yeah. I brought us a couple of my mates and so yeah, so I founded it, yeah. So there's lots to go over. Well, well, good. well thanks. Yes. Yeah, uh, it's brought um, quite a bit of joy to a lot of people, I think. It's had the, would you say it's had the desired effect that you wanted it to yeah definitely the, the the whole idea of it was for me was that i didn't know it was so big but it was to help me mates especially mm. because i knew because i don't sit well that boredom would become a big factor yeah. during lockdown yeah. especially for men fatal, isn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah massively because when we get bored we do daft shit and Temptations. Yeah, yeah, so. And instead of being bored doing daft shit, we've shared it. Yeah, well, exactly. I'll lead the shit and we'll make some money off it. <laughs> but that's the last one that we had. We, we watched the last one, didn't we? The um, the chicken wing challenge. Wow. Unreal. Unreal. Still going that, don't they? Still, still donating for that. We've raised over 600 quid then, lads. Uh, we've raised tw over 1200 quid in two different hot wing challenges. So it just shows the power of it, doesn't it? Just yeah. if it's kind of done right, and when I say right, like obviously we controlled it and, and advertised it, and and it's a bit of a bit of a, a bit of a laugh, you know. It's like twelve hundred quid just yeah, for a group of lads, money, don't yeah. it? Yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Do you know what I've really, really enjoyed as well? I don't want to go too political into it, but because it's a men-only group, yeah. it's well good. <laughs> <laughs> Get that on camera. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a real insight. To what blokes actually talk yeah, about. Yeah, definitely. To what they actually get up to, and it's not, it's like those memes that are out there, in it, when you've got a bloke lying in bed next to a woman, and she's saying, oh, what's he thinking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing? Yeah. And he's going, did I, did I put that right wheel on the right Absolutely. wheel on the motorbike yeah, yeah. or yeah. something yeah. like that? And, and that, that's right, it works, but not, and this is, this is nothing against women, and this is this was my whole thing from the start. And if, if it would have been an open group, it would have become political, it would have become, there'd have been name calling and, and yeah. naturally women like to know what men are up to but and, and that's just the way they are, isn't it? You know, I, my missus always wants to know what I'm doing. But when you just strip back and just leave a group of men... It's a safe space. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's become a community and a safe space where a lad can get up and go in the bathroom on the toilet at 7 in the morning for his work and just put something on what he's thinking and everybody will fire stuff and it, and yeah. it works. And then he can go Kelly up there and he's got yeah, it off his chest. Yeah, 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 you know, so... Yeah. But it was even like, a, I think somebody asked for a bit of advice the other day. 
and I looked at it an hour later there were 600 comments yeah yeah, yeah. no you wouldn't get I, I personally don't think you'd get that if it was an open group because a man would probably be embarrassed to open up in front of a lot of women maybe or knowing yeah. that you know because let's be honest women do have a reputation of gossiping but I think the group is more of it's become more of a help and advice group yeah. so people don't the lads feel that they can just chuck something out there don't get wrong if some stuff comes back with a taking piss but we encourage that as well because mm. it's fancy it and it gets yeah. most of you through that anyway so yeah it's worked um, it's, it's I didn't I, I underestimated the power of social media because I'm quite negative with it because I see in my job as well how it can really affect people yeah. in a bad way yeah. but, but this has for 99% of the time it's had a positive impact if it's used correctly it's a very powerful tool yeah and it's the it is like it or not it's the future isn't it really yeah. social media and, and being out there it is where everything's going hence probably why we're here as well isn't it you know yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's we will come back to it but all money raised goes towards the NHS absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. all money to the NHS um, we're going to look at doing a few sort of um, side fundraisers for sort of maybe lesser sort of um, organisations if you like you know maybe some football clubs teams you know as people start to try and get back on the feet because I think people are underestimating we're not just going to be able to go back to normal life no. after this there's no. going to be pubs there's going to be pubs shutting teams are going to shut down businesses. you know shops businesses so we're, we've already had a talk we're going to look mm -hmm. at um, supporting sort of smaller organisations with little hard hit fundraisers three four five hundred quid here and there and and try and do it like that well we might come back to i'll throw this out there while you've said it because yeah. i think we've hit the same page being from the same town lee is a sporty town yeah regardless of whatever it be badminton squash mm -hmm. football rugby yeah tiddlywinks <laughs> you know ex-mining town fell fell on hard times looked towards sport yeah i would like the the romance of the lockdown cup yeah. Whether it be in winter rugby mm. when the rugby season's off, yeah. and in summer when the football season's off, yeah. and I'll just throw it out there: teams like the Foundry, mm. you know, Pennington, yeah, Lee Town. Yeah. Whether they all come together in summer, every team throws in an amount of money, yeah. and goes in for the lockdown cup. Same yeah. as if you've got yeah. East Miners, veterans mm. teams, Vets, veterans yeah. teams. The, 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 the and, and I think that's the beauty of because the, the group predominantly North Western. I've got. The, I check it regularly. Don't get me wrong. We've got people from all over the world, but that, I think that's the the beauty of it. With it being based and started in the northwest, we're all predominantly sporty people, and we're used to sort of mucking in for each other and, and playing teams. And like you said, lads will compete for a piece of grass. Yeah. And, and it, but if you chuck a, a feel good factor in, like a trophy yeah. and a bit of fundraising, it just you know it boosts. And, and I get messages all the time of lads saying, oh, "I've not worked for eight weeks, but as soon as I've worked out and." And they've been true to the word, like they've chucked a tenner in this week, but they've been in the group since day one, and yeah. and it's just it's a feel good factor, and, and they will. They'll, we could hold a darts comp, a pool comp, a ruby comp, whatever, and they'll they'll buy into it because, like you touched on before, it's become a space now. And, and I said this to the admins all the time: it's the lads' group now. They own the group. We we I just manage it now. It's it's those thirty four thousand people are in it. That's their safe space now. So, and and they feel it's. They feel like they own it, which, which they do in a way, because they contribute all the content to it. Yeah. And that's it, without <coughs> them, it'd be nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like we've said, without our guests, this had never happened. Yeah. Yeah. Without yeah. people wanting to talk to us, two lunatics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, but that's good, though, isn't it? Because you, you, I think lockdown, what it's, one thing it's done for me as well is it's opened my eyes more. I think I touched on this in the video. I 
Because of my job, man, I would never accept friend requests of people I genuinely didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've changed a little bit now because I've accepted a few during lockdown and, they're, and they've actually messaged me for bits of advice and stuff and, I've, and we've actually become friendly, although it's over social media. Um, and you just never know when people need that, you know. Mm. So I've tried to kind of change my view on it a little bit and tried to open myself up a little bit more. Do you Without, think it's, sorry cut you off, but do you think it's mad? Do you ever sit there and go, why are people asking me for advice? Yes, clearly. Who, who am I? Who am I? Yeah, You've yeah. had it. Yeah, I've had it. I'm not qualified. Me. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I, well, that, if I can help you, I will. Yeah. What is qualified? To me, what is qualified? You, mm, you know. Yeah. Because, and and this is another thing where I've picked up recently as well. You, you, what you've done in your life can sometimes give exactly. people so much rather than what's on a piece of paper or, yeah. or a, 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 a certificate. You know. Well, it's a case of I've walked through door one, right? And don't Hello, want. Listen, just oh. this Thank you. No. I put that on. Do not disturb. Oh, well, yeah. Just to say, we can fill the dead air. You've done it. I've done it. It's experience. Yeah, but I've, I've walked through door one. Door one was very wrong. Yeah. And what I've done, I've run out of door one and gone straight to door two. Yeah. And on the rebound, that wasn't very right. What you need to do is sit there. Keep learning. Yeah. Learn. Evaluate. What are your options? then make um, an educated decision. Yeah, and if and, and I per personally, I find I've always made two or three really shit decisions first before I've got to before I've got to Yeah, oh hundred percent and you never get it right, do you? Or you no. you often get it wrong. That's learning though I suppose you've got to get it wrong to get it right, haven't you? Exactly. You have to look. I am one of them, especially in the coaching world, I beg strikers to hit that ball. Mm. Our military background about shooting, mm, yeah. whether it be a passing look, but mm. you've got to make, you've got to do that so then you can aim off for next time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, yeah. you've got to kick that ball. You've either got to write that sentence. You've mm. got to get it wrong to get it right. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. And, and with a lot of things, you'll get it right. You'll get it wrong four, five, six, seven, but you'll only get it right once. Mm. Then you'll repeat that once. Yeah. But it's people like ourselves. You don't like getting it wrong. No, no, it's failure, isn't it? Yeah, that's failure. Failure, That holds a lot of people back as well. Yeah, I've never done this before. I'm that. From that, if there's people watching as well, and you fuck it up, you know, well, you just want, they just want to hide, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Especially at a young age as well. That with sort of yeah pressure and you know kids feeling that people will laugh at them and stuff like that. But it's it can become quite stuck stuck within that as well, and you can carry that through. Yeah, into yeah, life, into yeah. going for a job interview yeah. or whatever it might be. It's that character in Simpsons, isn't it? That's what I always think of when you get something wrong. Mm. There's always someone in the corner going, mm -hmm. well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you look and he's eating soil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not got a brain cell himself, yeah, yeah. He's always picking on someone else. Yeah, what have you ever done? Yeah. You're laughing at me. You're laughing yeah. at me. But there's always that one who's waiting. Yeah. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a gist of it. Got to know. Where Danny always likes to start. Do you want yeah. to take us back? Tony as a kid. As a kid. Um, where are you from, number six, and where did you come from? So, well, yeah, obviously I'm from Lee, Lancashire, Sunny Lee. Um, small mining town, Grandad was a miner. Um, do you know Burnley's a mining town as well? Burnley, yeah. Well, so, we don't do rugby. No, we don't do rugby when we're older. Yeah. You put it on floor and kicked it. Um, yeah. <laughs> round, round ball. <laughs> yeah, round ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's fine. So yes, pretty normal childhood, really. Mum and dad, living with mum and dad, sister and my brother. Mum and dad still together now. Um, 
grew up in a, a really, really good area at the time, uh, near First Park, Wigan Road, so you'll know oh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So surrounded by fields, the marsh playing fields, first part, you know, you've got fir tree flash at the back of my house, the lake up front. So literally grew up fishing, playing cricket, playing rugby, playing football, climbing trees, you know, rolling around in shit. Just yeah. everything that that kind of you wish that your own kids would be doing now really, yeah, certainly yeah. mine anyway. Definitely. Um, went to a really good good infant and primary school and at that time everything was just heavily on sport. So I, I was just sport mad and but I lived in a street where there was sort of 40, 50 of us who were all sport mad and mm. I just fell into it, it kept me occupied and um, it builds camaraderie though, doesn't it, as well? Yeah, massive friends, isn't it? Yeah, yeah massive sport. You know, so it's like one of them where you could go out to walk out your house whatever day, week and you just go onto the field and everyone's done, it's like everyone knew right, we're going up the field at this time, don't forget, mm. then you didn't have a phone or anything, yeah. you know, just meet at a tree or something, wouldn't you? Yeah. And, and that's how it was for me and I fell into rugby really, really early because my dad played uh, and I grew up in an area like Mickey Iron lived at the same street as me, um, you know, like Neil Turley who played Lee wasn't too far away, just, just around where I lived was just a really good um, sort of pool of talent, whether it being like I said, rugby, football, cricket, and we just bounced off each other, and it, that just yeah. took me, that was my childhood, really, was just getting filthy and enjoying myself, mm -hmm. really. Um, so, yeah, so, so sort of on the, it was quite apparent from an early age, really, that rugby was, would be that, my sort of, was my driving sort of sport, if you like. Um, I always did other stuff, I was fit as a fiddle when I was a kid, so I could, like, cross-country run and all that. Yeah. But I sort of, and that. Yeah, yeah, did team. So obviously school team. I ran, you know, ran for like uh, Wigan and then won races there. So then you run, run, uh, run for like Lancashire and yeah. uh, and you know and all that. Used to win, like without being arrogant. Used to win that pretty much everything I turned me hand at as a kid. I, I was because I was just that athletic. Yeah. Um, and then I'd probably say about my dad was coaching at least at the time. Um, so I always played a year above myself because naturally. I was always with my dad's team and then I had to drop down um, and I dropped down and, and then they just wouldn't pick me um, and, and it was because well, what age was this, this would have been about or a few seasons at least so probably some about under nines right. um, so that a bit of a it was a bit of a tough time for me because my dad would be out coaching a team and I'd be playing for this team the year below and I'd have no one watching me because my mum would be all the kids so I was like on yeah. my own and my dad's coach other team and, and you know my dad quite opinionated so he'd stand up for me and speak his mind so then at that time then I was then getting punished so I'd be the one like left on sidelines and things like that um, which you see every you know you see it every day it's not unusual mm. um, and it's then as a kid, yeah massively yeah because all the kids I was playing with I went to school with and you know many mm. some of them couldn't waste my boots even at that yeah. age nine or ten year old and you know that when you start to get into a sport, you know, you know when you've been good at it and you know, you know, you're the kids that you're playing with. There's a lot of coaching today though, you use, if you like, the better kids to the kids who are developing. Mm. I, I, I'm, look, I'm a strong believer of mixing abilities. Oh yeah, definitely. Because the better ones will always bring the yeah. ones who need mm. to develop Yeah, up. yeah. So yeah. Back, like back then, it, that wasn't the case, it no. would be... Right, you you know, you ten here and then you, you, you'd be out there type of thing and, and the, the sort of lesser ones or the ones who're struggling would you know, you'd get to watch, wouldn't you, or whatever. Whereas like like you said now, and it's my teaching style, I'll always use kids who are good as a bit of a leader and they'll bring them on. Because if 
if you're bringing them on, eventually they'll, they'll catch up or they'll be able to contribute something to it. Mm-hmm. Rather, if they're not, then when you need to call on that kid, they've not had that experience, so that they'll probably either freeze or they've just not, not got it. It's not been instilled in them. So um, I said to my dad, like, you know, I want to move, and I, and I end up going over to, to Lee Miners at 10 year old. Um, and that, I can honestly say, that changed my life massively because I was introduced to, to Lloyd Pugsley who, who was the coach at the time who was just unbelievable amateur coach and just never looked back from there and it was only within a season of me moving over um, the team that I'd left I don't think had been beat for sort of since they were like six year old and within a year we'd all grown we've all, we'd all developed we were being coached right and they, they, they never beat us again um, we, we, and we went on then to up until like 16 to just embarrass them every year because we we built a team of sort of lads who, who so, quite, quite a few who weren't good enough for that team. Yeah. We'd gone over and then we started getting coached, right? And, and obviously you grow and things. Um, but do you think that were massively integral as well to like your development being shown? You met a leader in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, someone who, who you know, he had a particular way of his man management skills with kids. Don't get it wrong, I'm going back now, what, 20? 20 odd years ago, some of the stuff he did, he wouldn't get away with like, his clippers right back at him and stuff like that. And, and But he always did it with a smile on his face and he'd give you a clip right back at head and you'd be begging for him to give you another clip right back at head. You'd want to make another mistake because that's just the way he was. He was brilliant with it. But some of the rugby we played under him because we all, there was 20 of us and we all bought into that set and it, you were just desperate to impress. And, and we had lads who, who came and who weren't, very good with like ball handling wise and within a year or two years everybody was just level on this playing field and we, we, it just it just clicked and we, and we went up we went everywhere you know we we went camping in bloody cumbria uh, on a few tours and then we ended up we were the first team from lee miners to go to france and just those experiences at like 14 year old just i still fix some of the stuff we did then i still it comes back to me every single day did that affect um, your choices going into high school yeah, so what happened from that, the team that we built at Lee Miners, um, we pretty much, uh, 90% of us all went to Bedford High. And we, we had some shout outs here today, we So yeah, so, and, and um, we, and we, and it's probably, I don't think it'll ever be touched, but the team that, my, my team, 96 to 2001, is the, hands down, the best rugby team that's ever been at Bedford High. I think we finished English Girls Champions for, Four times, Wigan School champions, four, not won North County's Cup every single year. Uh, I don't think I don't think it's ever been matched that, especially not in Lee. I think there was uh, St John Fisher uh, in Wigan, which I think Sean Edwards' brother Billy Joe Edwards is here. Don't think they ever got beat, but especially in Lee, I don't think there's ever been a rugby team like that. And it was ninety percent made up of of that team, and then we ended up getting some lads who came later on as well like moving schools, got like moving schools just to play on rugby team. So, so yeah, so re- really good recruit to schools as well. Yeah, yeah massively. Yeah. I think that's been lost slightly. Even enough pay, no or exercise at all in schools now. It's not in the curriculum, is it? No. Other things to prioritize. Well, no, it's like they start to name themselves, aren't they? Like a technology college or a science college or, and, and it, it, it's all about funding, isn't it? It's all about yeah. getting different pockets mm-hmm. of money. But no, you're definitely right. It's not, for, for what you get out of it, like the experience and the team, the leadership skills and, and how it can sort of set you on that path. It's definitely, there's definitely not enough of it in schools. I think what my age was, oh, sorry Danny. 
And I think kids love being outside. Yeah, of course they do. And oh, they, they did. Think if they're lucky, but if something came in that was, took priority, then PE got binned off. Mm. Which they didn't. They really sit well, me, because it's. I think it's vitally important that kids get exercise and get out. But what one thing I think we're losing as well is communication skills. Massively, yeah. Uh, we we found it now, especially with the younger ones. How our kids talk to each other through a microphone mm. on in front of a screen you wouldn't dare talk to each no. other no, like that in real no. life no. well if you, if you if you did and i know because i was always one of the youngest growing up all my mates were older than me you spoke to, you got a smack right mouth wouldn't you like, yeah, and, yeah. and and, and, and it. yeah bang, bang, and, and yeah. if you spoke to someone now in a job how you speak how these kids speak to them behind a screen you get fired from your job so it's just it doesn't, it's not sort of instilling the right qualities in them, is it? It's life skills, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, definitely. But it's, it's she says, um, I've seen it quite a high level in football. And football does my head uh, They're afraid to instill core values mm. because there's a lot of investment going in in these young people. Mm. If you lose that one young person, you're losing their investment with them. Yeah, of course, yeah. And it's almost this way, and I don't like the <clears> term at all, player power. Because, look, look, it gives a false sense of everything. We've talked about it as you're in a coaching position or a managerial position because you're there to teach. Yeah. You know, you're an educator of that sport, of yeah. that game, of that way of life. And if you've got somebody who's, and I see as a younger person, who's an apprentice, it's like the apprentice leading the master. Yeah. You know what I mean? It didn't work for... Uh, Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> it can't be working there. So you're at Bedford. Yeah. What's your tip for GCSE? Yeah, are you, were you good? Were you a good educator? I've always been clever. No, I wasn't a good studier. I wasn't good in. See, I don't like I said. I don't sit well. I don't. I'm not a. I'm not someone who can who, who will read. I take a lot of information in. I've always been a doer, Same a trier. And I've always learned by, if it didn't work, find a different way of doing it, you know, and, and then try and get better at it. So, obviously, I, I excelled in PE and, and you know, I was, my mum was a teacher, so I, I, it, naturally, I was, I've always been pretty clever. I did, definitely didn't do, didn't come out with the grades I should have done, yeah. but I tossed it off big time. I got to year <laughs> 10 and 11 and I was just like, I just, I've, I've, I've had enough of school, it's shit, I more, I'm bored of it. And did I you already know what you wanted to do? Um, I, you know, it's weird because when I was a kid, I always said I wanted to be a PE teacher when I was a young kid. And then obviously when you get to like 13, 14, when I realised, when I started to realise how good I was at rugby, clearly then the focus became being a professional rugby player. Um, and at the time, you didn't, they weren't big on sort of, they weren't, pre the clubs weren't pressing you, you must succeed in school. It's changed now, I know a lot because... A lot of my mates, lads are, are going into professional ranks and they are big on your education, you've got to get your education. Yeah. But then, so I left school in 2001, they, they just wanted good movie players. And then you know, they'd, they'd, they'd bang you up weights and they'd, you know, and yeah. it was all about progressing into academy, into first team. Um, so I, I think I started to turn off from being interested in school, probably halfway through sort of year nine, going into year 10, because my focus yeah, then had shifted onto. I'm going to be a professional rugby player. But I'd had a bad accident as well um, when I started high school. So I, I fell through a roof. Um, 97. How did you find yourself on the roof? 
Or should we not ask? Yeah, like no, I'll tell you, yeah, so same street, about 40 of us, so if anyone's played Manum, Trolley, or whatever <laughs> yeah. it is, still playing. Yeah. <laughs> one of the best games ever invented. So we're playing Manum in, in two teams, and it's probably about 30 of us, I reckon. Um, and we're on on a roof, a big, big pitch roof, lattice. And um, I'm wide on this roof, and I've got a lad with me. So I've had to look up to see if they were coming, because it's about 40 foot up this roof with a factory roof. And they've seen me, so I said to lad, I'll get down so they don't know you're here. At night this, I've gone walking over the roof, and I didn't know it was a skylight, because it was like, you know, the corrugated roof. Yeah, yeah. When it changes. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I've just stepped on it, <coughs> gone straight through it. Um, it was a glass patch, and I've landed on my head. But luckily, you can't see because of this stupid beard, I've got a big scar here. What I've, I've hit my chin on roof, and it's knocked me out, spun me. So I've landed sort of on my head, but because I was... Or so relaxed because I was knocked yeah. out. They said if I'd have been sort of conscious, I'd probably want to survive it. So anyway, I've landed on my head. Because oh. yeah, you would have gone. Oh, yeah, because it's been stiff on impact. But this was a glass factory, and I've I've managed to land. They reckon about like in a gap like this, straight up concrete floor. Because outside of me was a big sheet of glass here, and a glass cutting machine here. And I've <laughs> somehow dragged myself um, to an area, and one of the lads has gone running over to my mum. Fire engines have come and, and obviously it's at night, so they had to cut the roof off this factory and they've just basically followed the blood and, and I was there, but I was an absolute mess. I broke sort of I broke every ball in my arm, snapped my growth plate, um, my face fractured my skull, you know, my face was a mess. I was cross-eyed for about six months. The, the impact was that bad like. So I went when I went back to school, um, I was like, you know, I mean, I would probably turn this. <laughs> nice. I should be laughing. Yeah, you Everyone laughed at me. Yeah, you just get all that as well. Um, but it was, it was weird because they, what they predicted, they did predict, how they predicted my recovery. I don't know. I think it was because I was just so fit and active and mobile. Yeah. Eight weeks later, I took my plaster off, and my mum went absolutely mental. Um, I've gone to get my plaster off. June. And um, gone to hospital and we were in semi-final at English Schools Cup. So I've said to him, I'm going to get a plaster and go up to watch him. And yeah. uh, some dad's told me I've took my plaster off and put my kit on. I played that day and my plaster off. <laughs> so, and uh, my mum went like, mental. She went absolutely know. mad at my dad. Anyway, we won like, got another mad at me <laughs> so, Dad outside. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Go on, go on, so, um, <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> but yeah, she went mad, she went absolutely mad. But um Rightly so, fucking Yeah, yeah. It, it, looking back now, you'd think, fucking hell, what a stupid decision. But like I said, I was that fit, my body mm. it, I just it was yeah. mad because everything just healed. I was still a bit cross out at the time, I had to have physio on my eye and that, but I was just back to my physical like peak within within like eight weeks after such a bad fall. It was a really, really bad fall. This? Yeah, yeah. Any, um, any repercussions from being on someone else's property? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and if any of my mates watched it, so about, it was weird because um, obviously it, it hit the papers, the journal, the reporter, and Key, I think it was um, Key 103 turned up at my mum's house on the Friday night. I'm still in hospital. I think I'm still in a coma at this point. Um, Shy, you left that out, Tony. Yeah. You left out, yeah, we'll just yeah, skip yeah. over so, coma. So I think it, Thursday night, so Thursday night it happened. So Friday, Key 103 turns up at my mum's house. Uh, mum's like, you know, I don't want to talk about it. Blah, blah, son's still in hospital. I don't think I'd come round at this point. And um, I think, I'm sure, they got me one of my mates to come, Lee Pugsley, and uh, Lloyd's son it was, just to sit there and talk to me. 
and 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 then Manchester Evening News ran a, a, a report on it, and I think they reported it as a fell for a seventy foot roof, and it's like three hour. Yeah, it definitely won't be. Yeah. It won't be alive for that. Yeah. So then these these obviously these stories started circulating and, and stuff, and um, journal put one in, and a week later, I think I'm probably still in hospital at this point. Headline in the in the journal, the journal, dead end street gang strikes again. <laughs> sort of like big news. Oh, fuck it, that was Got this. A kid having an accident. Yeah. So, so, and what happened was the woman whose factory it was. Um, I'm, I won't name them because I don't want anything to come back on me. But um, she'd said that we were a nuisance group of teenagers. Now, as I said to you before, we weren't. We were. We, we were. All we did were kids. We played cricket, you know. And we used this industrial estate. It was. A, it was like a, a multi-sport ground. We painted wickets on the wall. We had football yeah. nets, rugby balls, blah, blah blah blah. And she said that. Her defence, because the building wasn't secure and it was easy accessible, was that we were this sort of gang that went round wrecking buildings and stuff. And they ran this story for about two or three weeks. And I think at the time, we, my, I know my mum and dad were just sort of hell-bent on making sure I was alright and, you know, making sure I made a full recovery. But then when this, this woman started slandering us and, you know, accusing us of, of like, I think, thieving stuff and, and trying to wreck the property, um, that's kind of like when... It became a little bit, um, it got a bit daft and it ended up going to court. So obviously she was trying to sue, I think trying to sue me. So I, I, we counter-sued back as well and, and put a, an accident claim in because the, the, there was ladders, laddered access to the to the building and the security guard used to let us play on there. Cause yeah, so it's a case of, it's your fault, you made it look really yeah. nice yeah. to climb. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you made it too attractive. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. And, that, and that's, that's how it was. Um, and then, you know, the stories the stories stopped and um, we ended up in court and whatnot and, and there was a settlement out of court and stuff. And the rest is history. That that building's still there, but the, the, the company isn't. Um, and and it's, it's a little bit more secure these days. I've been up, but it looks sad. I go up, me, my mum still lives in the street and there's no one playing anywhere near it. No. Shit, it's like you, so you, you don't see any kids out now, anyway, don't you? Did you get any taglines in as a bit of a wrong one after that? Um, well, head honcho. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it, well, no, because even then, like I, I just started high school, so I started in '96. This was in the February '97, and all my mates, like I said, they're all older than me, so I was still like the youngest one, and, and they all knew that you know it was just an innocent. It was an accident. That's all it was. Mm. Um, I think a few people thought I was a bit like probably not human that had survived it because people used to become a bit of a tourist spot for a bit people would <laughs> like fucking hell he fell through that like he's here now you're like you know it was like a cat yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're talking, we're the 90s we're talking pre-internet oh yeah 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 because i remember when i actually was at home my burning in mind only started high school the september this is in the feb so about march time when i'm at home recovering phones going on all the time it day and uh it was like girls and stuff on payphone at school ringing you up at see you're all right and that because obviously that was a phone then yeah i think i might have got a nokia 3310 in about 99 or something like that mm. but you've got no phone you should have told like you should have told me dead no he's here so that's how it that's how it was that's how it went it was weird but yeah so so you're known you're a character you're known yeah. you're yeah. known for being out and about yeah being out there uh that you've seen before, school, education-wise, not really your cup of tea. No. Have you taken um, the steps then to get into an academy, a rugby academy, or have you stayed with community clubs? What, no? No, no, like in, in that time. Oh, like, right, yeah, so, so yeah, well, pretty pretty early I got, I got sort of, uh, my 
my sort of rugby career as an amateur was picked up on pretty early by scouts and stuff. So I think um, sort of probably around about 13, 13-ish, 14, I was at Wigan. On, on, like it was just caught. They just trained then, um, and, and Bradford as well. So I'd be training at Wigan and training at Bradford. Bradford was 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 massive then. You know, in the night, late nineties, yeah. huge. Any rugby fans will know sort of Brian Noble era. With, they were just massive work. They did. And Wigan well, were really good as yeah, well. For those that don't know, this is the early era of Super League. Yeah, right at Bradford the start. Bowls so Bradford, dominated. Wigan, yeah. Saints, Leeds were. You know, they they were sort of at the forefront of full-time rugby league. It's, I think it only gone full-time in about 96, hasn't it? Nice. I think, yeah, 96, I think was the first Super League season. Might be wrong, but it's roughly. So them four were head and shoulders above everybody else. You know, they were they were the ones who, who were sort of putting full-time sort of strength and conditioning coaches and, and, and they, they were head and shoulders above everybody else. Turning it into a business rather than yeah. a sport. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because it was still obviously... Um, in relation to rugby union, it was it was still a poor man's sport, weren't it? There wasn't a lot of money in it, still is it now? Yeah, yeah. So I'm training. So um, I'm at Wig I'm, I'm I'm at Wigan training there, uh, up Central Park actually back then, uh, and, and Bradford. Wow, it's a Tesco uh, now, isn't it? Yeah, Tesco now. Yeah, um, and I, I think I was there probably. In fact, I was, I was on that sort of scholarship scheme at Wigan for up until sort of like 15, and then. Um, they signed, they started to sign lads my age then, um, at sort of in, in year 11, ready for going to academy. And then that's when like it come, comes a bit of a, bit of a flea market then. So you get, you get phone calls off all different clubs and they're like saying, you know, don't sign there. And that's when Salford came in for me. So I actually signed for Salford while I was still at school. I signed yeah. in the last year for Salford. Um, and the sort of rationale behind that was that Salford was smaller club and, and you know hence more opportunity more playing opportunity more playing yeah. opportunity and um, rather than being at a bigger club and they harvesting lots and lots of players yeah 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 and and that's kind of what i went with um I didn't turn it that way. so yeah like it it sounded the right thing to do looking back now i should have never left wigan even if i didn't sign at 16 should have stayed there and just gone through the academy and even if I decided at 20 it wouldn't matter because yeah. I'd have had all that wealth of top class training because yeah. then when I went to Salford um, it just wasn't the same um, you know in it, what way like professionalism yeah just, you know so it's too infrastructure yeah massively yeah so you know they were sort of they're in Super League but you know really really right at the bottom um, we're talking as well before for those that don't know Salford now have a fantastic big massive stadium mm quite a lot of financial backing well we can tell they were in the grand final yeah there was last year yeah, yeah they last year yeah, but yeah so but you, the era that you're talking about it was a bit of a backdoor club yeah it was so, and, and, and you know assigned and you get sold this you get sold the, of what's going to happen when you sign and not, you, you'll, not like joining the army don't yeah not. you know what i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> felt like bloody army it's um <laughs> and, and and then so and then it's literally the day i left school I'm in a first team environment at Salford because I signed professional terms. I signed four years, so I didn't sign on like any like you know academy thing. I was full time professional, but straight away it was like I've got I've got to get myself to this gym in Walkden it's for six in the morning. Then we've got a field session in Swinton at ten, and then we've got a, I'm back at Manchester at such thing, and I don't I don't drive. I, you know I've no no real money at that time, and and I'm like you know shit like you know this is real, and and it, it just it was it just what 
it wasn't sort of what I'd envisioned it being. You know, had I been, let's just say, for example, Wigan, everything's on one base, you know, you get yeah. looked after, they're handing bus passes out to the kids and, and you know, the, all the lads were still at the local college. I had to go to college in uh, Pendleton in, in Swinton, which I didn't know anybody there. And the, the culture shock was just massive, massive for me. And uh, I definitely underestimated it. Definitely didn't give it me all. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't commit what I should have done to it. Um, no, it didn't. No, I, I wasn't, and, and and I didn't at the time. I didn't sort of, um, I didn't relate anything back to why I was, why my sort of thought process where it was, and, and now I think that I look back and I think, oh, you know, I'd been so used to being at the top and, and having everything my own way and my amateur rugby and things like that, and everyone running around after me and sort of. Everywhere we got, like when I was at Lee Miners, we were well kitted out and we wanted for nothing. We, we, we were brilliant. I played for Lancashire, you know, everything. And I went to Salford and, and it, it was just like, yeah, proper on your own. Like that. You're on your own here. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to sort of. Whereas, had you been an experienced pro, you'd have been used to that environment. Mm, yeah. It, it, even if it's, and I'm not saying undisciplined, but the discipline of, I, I know how to sort, not my week out, but my month out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, like we said, we, we know it's not a sport that's flourished with money yeah thrown no. at it anyway no whereas a lot of lads have got to have two jobs yeah yeah, yeah. or they've even got to have a job yeah to go and play the professional sport yeah absolutely i mean i had no idea how to be a professional rugby player like no a lot of clubs now and that's that they're getting them at sort of 12 and 13 even younger and the there's education on it and there's education mm. on your diet and you know your train and your time and it wasn't that then. I hadn't, I hadn't had any of that before I signed, and it, and it was straight in, and it was like, right, boom, you're professional rugby player now. You've got to act like him, who's been, you know, like, around. There were some good players at Salford at the time, and Bobby Gordon was there marching the fire, but they've been top, top professionals for like 10, 15 years already. And I was like, I'm training with them. And although it's a good experience, but you're ex like, you've got to be the same as him. I'm 16, I've got a clue, I'm not going to clue. Yeah, I don't even know how to shave. You know, I'm not earning any, yeah, exactly, I don't even know how to shave. You know, I've never lifted a weight in my life. For example, you're thrown into a weight room and you're training with lads who are like six foot three and, and, and they played at Wembley and you're like, I'll be honest, you're shit scared of picking a bench press bar up because I've never lifted it. And I'm thinking, they've got to laugh at me, what about if I can't press this bar? And, and, and then it just, mm. it, my sort of, it, it not be confident, massive and I'd, like I said, that used to be at the top of everything I did, rugby-wise, amateur. You know you're right at... Yes. Almost like you've got to learn how to be a professional. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, especially in that environment. And I, obviously, didn't, I didn't agree with it and it didn't agree with me, so... Did you ask for any... Because you were saying there were no mentorship or guidance. Did you did you speak to any anyone around and say... No, not really. I, I didn't. Um, I think it was just more of, like we was touched on it before, I, I think at that point I was deeply in the sort of fear of failure. Yeah. And I was like, if I open up to somebody or, you know, I've come here with all these expectations and it's not working out. And then, but what I did is I just went within myself and then started just underperforming and then missing training sessions and start like what I did is then I, I sought the comfort of my mates who were just at college and none of them were professionals yeah. and obviously they'd all discovered the pub aren't they so yeah. I was on yeah. piss all the time then so yeah. you know <laughs> it's very common and it just without even knowing obviously it spiralled to a point where I'd be missing like maybe two sessions two training sessions a week 
which is big, which is big really because that's that was my job. It's like not I yeah. work, work two days a week, so I work turning on a Monday because obviously I work all right all weekend, um, and then Fridays was another one where it's going to be, all my mates would finish early on a Friday, so they they would Fridays would usually be a, a video session because you'd be playing on the Sunday, and I was I was missing from them, so it kind of it spiralled out of control pretty quickly really. Were the parents and they did they not get on board? <sighs> yeah, I mean, my mum and dad were great, but me, me and my dad have always had the relationship with, were, and I think that stemmed from my dad's relationship with his dad, uh, an ex Pitman, you know, very, very light, you know, it was, communication was shouting, yeah. I tell you and you do what I tell yeah. you type of thing, you know, and, and we've just been talking about it, so naturally, I just rebel against that. You know, no. I'm 16 year old now. Well, come on, and, and and it was always a always a confrontation between me and my dad. Yeah. When obviously my mum would be like the softer sort of try and sort of you know intervene in a different way, and my dad would be like, oh, you know, what 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 you why are you butting in, blah blah blah. And mm. I just rebelled against my dad, and and just it it got to a point where I was like never at home. Well, I was never at home. I was out doing what I shouldn't have been doing. Uh, I didn't like I said, I wasn't living the life of a professional athlete at all. So. So yeah, so I, I, I four years signed a four year contract, and I think I did about two, probably two or three. But I, I, I you know, I, I, I reckon I did that at fifty percent, twenty five percent of my potential. And what I, if I had the chance now, I'd, it would be a different story. But I wouldn't have had other experiences and whatever. So you know, it is what hindsight's it is. lovely, isn't it? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it is what it is. We're all the millionaires. Oh, definitely. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Please, even I said some of the mistakes I made, um, taking painkillers to hide an injury. Yeah. You know, things like that at the time was the right thing to be doing. Yeah. Long term now, I've got elastic bands where I need to stand in the living room and do yeah. stuff like that. You know, thing. No. No, you don't. But I don't think, you, I, don't, I still don't think, especially men, I don't think we're programmed to think long term when you're a kid as well. I, I just, I still see this now. And I always think to myself, like, would I have done anything different? I don't think I would. I genuinely don't think at 16, at that time, mm. I would have done anything right. different. It builds your identity as well. Yeah. What you want for your tea and your dinner, isn't it? Yeah, it's... I about 10 years now, I No, it's for tea, I'm starving. No, it's that when you got shopping when you're hungry. You buy shit. Yeah, you buy what you <laughs> yeah, want yeah, then, yeah. don't you? Yeah. Yeah. You're not buying for a week. You're so, hungry, yeah. you think, right, I'm going in. And you know <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, of course, yeah, it's horrible. So yes, you've had this outlook of professional. I, I know you as a again going back to mine as a, an amateur champion. Mm. What line did you work? You know, did you get a good score? Get what they say a normal job? Um, well, no. What I did is when I left Salford, um, my old coach Lloyd then was then coaching at Lee. He was the assistant coach at Lee and the academy coach. So we actually agreed a bit of um, to, we agreed to a buyout in my contract at Salford which cost money then, so I went playing at Lee, but I was playing at the academy then, because I was still academy age, and obviously Lee weren't a financially uh, a club that were paying lads, it was lit, they, they couldn't offer you a first team contract, you know, they were only playing in sort of division, I think, one anyway, so even first team lads were plasters and brickies in day, and then they were yeah. playing at night, um, so played in the academy, but then, again then, I'd gone from then being in a full-time environment, to then training twice a week at night, yeah. So then I'm scratching about it even more then. So then, yeah. so then yeah. Then I had to, then I had to get a job then, and then that was a massive culture shock because 
back then when the time when I should have been in year 10, 11, probably getting me grades, in case the professional career didn't pan out, yeah. I'd have something to turn on. Well, I didn't then. Don't get me wrong, I still got, I've still got good GCSEs, but you know, I was oh, shit. What am I doing now? You know, and and I'd always, I'd never been one for having to trade me. I just wasn't that type of person. I always, I've always been active. I was just I'm not, not really I'm shit, shit at the RI. All my mates then are like two or three years into an apprenticeship and they're all starting to earn good money then. They're all yeah. they're all good on trowel or the plumbing yeah. and whatever and I'm like mm. so I I've gone from being the one who was at school who had everything, now all my mates who left with like fuck all mm. are now in full time prickies yeah, yeah they're earning they're they're loads of money yeah. now. Yeah. And now yeah. I'm the one who, who who was earning good money at sixteen when I was at a full time professional who would put and now I'm earning nothing. It's like shit, you know, and then you start up there it starts hitting you and you're like that again, it starts going, well, I'm a fucking hell, I failed, I failed, I'm a failure, and yeah. and then you start, I started boozing again then, and, and just putting myself, I started putting myself in different circles then, away from my friends, because I think, now I look back, I think I was embarrassed, and I didn't want my mates yeah. to, to think yeah. that of me, so I moved myself away from the lads who I'd gone to nursery with, um, and I started hanging about in different circles, and it did me no good at all, you know, I, I was just out there Friday, through to Sunday and just doing all sorts of daft stuff and uh, I probably I think I lost myself to be honest for about probably lost myself for a good three or four year um, who I am and, and, and just I, I just completely broke away from everything that I'd known and, and all the good sort of morals and stuff and yeah I was I was a really, really shit place mm. for a good while almost like you've been given the keys to the car mm. to something you don't know how to drive absolutely yeah it's, yeah, yeah <laughs> which way I don't know so I'll follow this crowd because it mm. seems fun like you said about no yeah Maybe it's fun now what i found about years like that is <clears throat> you weren't the same but it's very similar you can be with a room full of people all having a good time at a party but at the same time it's really lonely yeah you just, you just feel like i'm on my toddy here that's depression isn't it yeah. awesome absolutely absolutely and that was another thing like i didn't know what depression was then never experienced depression no, never experienced you know at school especially then, high school in the 90s and obviously years before, I've never heard the word depression mentioned in school, I've never heard mental health, awareness, you know, well-being, anxiety, I, I can honestly, I don't think I've ever heard that word in school, mm. there were certainly no lessons on it or, you know, how to deal with it and, and any advice on it and then you go from, you're in this thing, then you don't know what it is and it was, it was obviously it was depression, it was anxiety, yeah. it was, it was, you, it was it's a, not a, a weekend trip it's not a week trip like you said it could last four or five years mm, yeah it, it did for me good i reckon i'd say probably seven eighteen to about 21 22 i think and what do you feel like obviously your key markers are you've said about it you've been up here been on a pedestal if you like mm. around everybody if not people talk about you like you're the legend yeah, yeah. you get what i mean but then you're turning around going actually the legend i, I felt it myself I, i've said to him when i first came out of the army i didn't know how to put electric on yeah yeah i didn't know somebody give me like a plastic fob thing right put that there how do i get electric into that machine yeah exactly Don't know no nothing no not at all so no. you start thinking actually i'm not up here no no I'm not this guy who, I, who I've maybe made myself out to be psychologically. Mm. You, you fucking go off the rails. Massively, yeah, and, and that's where I got to because come like 18, about 19, 20, I was now back level with all my mates. 
and I, w I did like a few jobs, they'd give it, and I was fucking useless, I couldn't drill an hole or put a screwdriver or cut a piece of copper, I could do anything you think of a rugby ball, Yeah. you know, on the field I could do everything, but I've been brought, brought right back down to earth now, because all my mates had learnt skills with their hands mm -hmm. and to trade, and I was shit, and, and my career, rugby career's gone, I'm like,
went up taxes and just gradually I was just getting more settled in jobs and finding yourself yeah well. yeah find myself a bit more and, and then started to sort of almost get back on a, on a track of, of where I wanted to be successful really so you find um, yourself as well being a dad you need pennies for pay for the normal things yeah. nappies food Absolutely, rent yeah. electric so once you've dealt with your basic needs and I think that's a good grounder for everybody then you can start playing with it then. yeah well actually right I'm safe I'm secure got people around me who love me yeah. how can I start enjoying what I do yeah bringing in that same crust yeah absolutely yeah another and a big thing for me as well when I um so when I when I went to Lee from Salford I'd go out on a Friday stay awake stay up go out Saturday and I'd play Sunday and I knew at the time it weren't right but I was that was my lifestyle at the time and, and I dropped levels a little bit and I was getting away with playing because yeah I was my talent was getting me through off bed playing, you know, I'm not been sleeping anyway. And then when I quit, and then I had about two years off, and I just went back playing amateur. So small, it's a bubble. Yeah, oh man, it's a bubble. Everyone knows it's it. Like Burnley. Yeah, they're yeah, the Most northwest towns, it's same, aren't they? Yeah. You know, you know, if, if something happens, everyone knows about it in yeah. a minute. So yeah, you still, bad. yeah, you still, I still <laughs> and shook it off if you like. But I would definitely sort of, um, as I'm reaching sort of like 24, 25, I was starting to think differently if you like and, and you know change mm. change what I were doing and I think I'd accepted then as well that I weren't going to be a personal player okay. you know because I was still that was still eating away at me 20 like 18 19 20 21 it's still eating still do it still do it and then that's probably the the hardest thing I think and this will be of any sort of war club is maybe accepting that something's not going to happen especially when you because for me I think I started Started kind of thinking about being a professional rugby player probably from about ten year old I reckon, yeah. and, and then yeah. it's all I've known then. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then it, you've got to sort of switch off and accept it's not happened, which is which mentally is massive. It's huge. It's oh, yeah. crossover as well. We said between sport and the military, the way that you live your life, it's it's the change of routine, mm. regimented routine and focus, mm. and it's that your brain is programmed to be thinking I'm in this environment all the time. And then it's being able to switch off. And Danny said it perfectly. You might know yourself. For us, it was walking down the street and going, "Where's my weapon? Mm. Whew, I'm missing something." Yeah, yeah. Whereas yourself might have just been going for your bag. Yeah, yeah. Where's my kit bag? Yeah. Where's it? I don't. I don't need a kit bag. Mm. You know, it's oh, oh, leaving it behind. Oh, as well, and was again like for me, it was. I was always in a room with like 17, 20 lads. Mm. Yeah. So you could always rely on someone and it was like the, the, the laugh and, and then when you're on your own then it's like, oh, it's gone. yeah, it's gone. Like, well, you know, you are on your own now type thing. He's not going to drag you out of shit now. Well, it's like when something funny happens and you look good to laugh and yeah, there's yeah, nobody there. Yeah. You go, ah! Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Just me yeah, then, yeah. 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 On your bill. So bring, bringing us up to now where we are today, and again, we'll do big shout outs in a bit for this environment. What made you think, I'm going to go get edumacated? Well, what it was, about, um, I think I'm about, about 25, 26, had an opportunity to um, do some coaching. Because when I was at Salford, one thing I, I did enjoy as part of being a full time professional, we used to go into schools uh, around Salford. Mainly, they were trying to promote rugby league because obviously you're competing yeah. with Manchester United, Manchester City weren't even a thing then. Um, who, who were there? City fans. Yeah. Where um, was it over there? There's a lot of red. 
<laughs> bit smarter. I've not seen any blue yet. We need to get Scott Eakley on. Yeah, so um, so Salford were competing with trying to promote rugby league, you know, in a council estate, in council area. You know, uh, everyone was mad Manchester United. So I used to go in schools and coach, coach kids and obviously vulnerable kids as well, kids from sort of um, disadvantaged backgrounds, and just try and get them into rugby. Yeah. I just, I absolutely loved it. It was just something, rewarding, just yeah, proper rewarding. Yeah. You know, we'd go in with, and half the time we'd go in with just shit out at stock room that hadn't been sold last year. You know, foam, foam fingers and that. Cups and cones. <laughs> loved it. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. They couldn't get enough of it, and and. and they were like asking for your autograph and you know I'm just an academy player at the time, no, no one special but just the, the bond that you could create with disadvantaged kids giving back. just by mm. giving something yeah. was massive and then 2000 and, about 2008 I got the opportunity to go coaching with a, um, a sports coaching company like we've touched on before um, and I did schools in, in and around sort of Lee, Wigan, Warrington uh, I taught at a school in Ashton, a behavioural school and it just took me back to when I was enjoying what I was doing at Salford and that was working with kids who have nothing. Yeah. Uh, and it just, it just ignited the fire in me really. Spent about that year just doing every coaching course, going basketball, football, did me rugby, did me like volleyball, you know, mad sports as well, just hockey, you know, things like that, boccia, quick cricket and, and was coaching. And then I got an opportunity to run um, a franchise with this company. Um, and it was sort of when schools had PPA time, which you'll know about. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. they'd pay you to go in and, and do the delivery of, of teachers because a lot of teachers, primary school especially, mm. they were PE specialists. So there was a lot of a lot of them were well, sort they of. Don't like it. They don't like. They were nervous, weren't they? As well, yeah. about you know teaching things like gymnastics, mm. um, and it just it just almost gave me a buzz back. Um, finding your purpose yeah I started to yeah. find my feet again and, and I was good at it as well and I, and I, I was fast tracked pretty quick to and then I became my own boss and had my own company then which um, which was brilliant but but obviously that didn't pan out so yeah I had a bit of turmoil with that as well then because what happened then is as I'm finding my feet and, and I got to the point where I had my own franchise and I was employing people as well I had about five people working for me mm. I think Tory's got in to power and I think if I'm right they got in kind of as the London Olympics it didn't it was it 2010-11 so we just won the bid at the yeah, Olympics in that region and Labour had pledged an absolute shitload of money into school sport and school sport was booming because they were living on the Olympic legacy that was going to be the legacy mm. that left behind and then when the Tories got in that school funding got cut a lot of it because they changed the, the, the way schools operated again well it's, yeah it's, it's not no one's fault but it's that minute, yeah, 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 exactly. So they were replacing what they'd borrowed or whatever, you know. Yeah. Like, again, it's manifestos as well. Yeah. That, that one, no, we don't play by that rule book anymore. It's this so one it, overnight switch. They, they didn't bother because that's just the way they are. I don't mean this to be political, but it was a change of government that, yeah. that changed it. Yeah. From, a, from a business point of view, for me, what that meant was then schools, head teachers were then saying to me, We haven't got this sport budget's not here now. Yeah. We've got, so I can't have you in. I've had to go and pay. Joe Blogs coaching don't roll because he'll do it at 50 quid a day and I'm like I can't I, I, can't I, I can't, cannot yeah. do that what I can tell you is though I'm going to stick at my price but you're going to get professional service and you're going to get this, this, this they just they just couldn't do it you know yeah. they, they were it was always a bit why, yeah. Yeah. Why, why would I get you why would I get you I know you're giving me all this 
But when one of my teachers is marking homework, oh, yeah. I can have Bill and Ben's bongo drums. Exactly. And yeah! And they're happy. Yeah. That's all that we yeah, care about. Yeah. We've paid them threepence eight now. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, they, they, they were a business then, weren't they? The schools then, and they still are now. So they started to become businesses. And, it, and um, I started then to see a different side of, of education, especially, and priorities. Yeah. And I quickly started to realise that, and this is not everybody, but our children, the nation's children, money was prioritising their health and education massively, yeah. I felt, in a lot of instances, because so it be so yeah. they, they were yeah. choosing a cheaper option over the right option. Yeah. And, and that was coming from on top, and it filtered down, didn't it? Yeah, completely. Um, and what happened there is I ended up falling behind with, with my payments on, on my, uh, was a um, get back, my get back my franchise to the point where, because I built up this really good business, I had to wind my business up. So I'm back to square one then, scratching about, and, and I, was, I, was in, I, was, well, yeah, I was in a bad place then, I was depressed as hell then, because I'd... What I'd essentially done is I'd built this up from, from scratch and worked my arse off and got my own yeah. little premises and everything and then I had nothing again. Someone's put rug from under yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Did you know this time though? That... Yeah, well, what, what I did different then was I didn't go off the rails. I, I, I um, Luckily, because I'd built up a really good reputation in Warrington, I got a phone call from the job I'm in now. Um, the PE teacher had had an accident, I think he broke his leg, so they asked me to go and do some cover there. And it was over at Grappenall Hall, which was a residential at the time. Uh, went in, and I've been here ever since. Uh, went in covering, and the reason that worked was because it, it was just the behavioural school. So I went in, and again, I'd just gone back into, like, going back to when I was 16, when I was at Salford. So I went back into this school. It was mad as, mad as out. Kids were absolutely nuts, you know. It was proper, <laughs> yeah. proper behavioural school. I used to be like you. I was like... <laughs> I was, yeah, you and me, you yeah. lot and me, and buzzing, you know, it wicked, you know, do everything with them. Um, and like I said, I've been here since now, and what I was able to do there was um, use all the skills I learned and my passion, and then um, I'm now the, the, the PE teacher of mm. this school, and I've been for sort of four or five years now. Yeah. So it kind of, in the end, it got, it turned out all right, but yeah. it's, I don't know, it's, you have though, I've had all those little knocks. But then, but then even then, I've had to like, so I've, we were talking before, weren't we, about studying again. You have to go back studying then because I was doing the job of a teacher, but I'm not getting paid the job of a teacher because I haven't finished my degree. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but, and I'm being, just being honest, I was putting the work in just as much as anybody else in this building, mm. but I weren't getting paid nowhere near. But your clipboard doesn't say. No, it classed as a TA. Uh, classed as unqualified teacher. So mm. you get paid a bit more than a TA, but you don't get paid a teacher's job but you're a teacher's job you're still doing yeah. the same amount of report yeah exactly it swings around about yeah, it, of yeah. course yeah you are doing maybe better than because this is where i come across sometimes i like in coaching world as well well done you've been school you've been uni you've done everything mm. where you fucked up mm. yeah. where, where, where is your experience to actually say you're qualified yeah, exactly to develop somebody absolutely and that's um, what we touched on before when i was saying that like, qualified in what Yes, you've studied, which is great, because you need to study, but yeah. outside of that, your education route, what have you done, what have you done in your real life, yeah. apart from what can you offer these these people, apart from what you've learnt in a university, and that's where 
I think that's my teaching style is, is that's what I bring to it. I, I kind of use yeah. my experiences yeah. along with what I've learned on the way. And the point we're putting across, whichever camera we're in, education is good, kids, stay in school. Yeah. The point is, if you're good enough to do the job, pay them the wage. That's the point we're saying. Mm -hmm. The reason I asked you about being a TA, because I used to be one before I went back to uni. Yeah. Or to uni. I was offering covering teachers. Yeah. Do, so they do the job there. Right, this needs doing. Mm. I'm happy with that, and I do it. Yeah. But the, the pay difference, tears get paid. It's not even minimum wage. I, I, if I'm honest, embarrassing, and that's not. It's illegal. That's not against. <laughs> that's <laughs> not illegal. against. Yeah. My partner's a tier. She's a qualified teacher, but she works as a tier because she doesn't want the pressures of the teacher. Yeah. Um, and I know now, especially in my job, I can't work for a tier. What they're worth the weight in gold. Oh, they're yeah. absolutely brilliant, and. What they get paid is embarrassing. You know, they should be, they should be treated miles better because the amount of work that TAs do, and, yeah. and you can't underestimate the quality of a good teaching assistant as a teacher because what quite often you know you're the one that sets the work, but with you, when you look around, it's them that are, that are having those little connections yeah. with, with students here that are, and they're bringing them on and um, well, mask is movement, and, and so you don't have any dead airtime. Yeah, yeah. Spare the fillers and you need to get on Right, come here. And interventions are, is a key word as well, especially schools now, or big classes and, and behavioural schools, intervention is the biggest, for me, one of the biggest sort of parts of a, of a school now is that intervening in between the different behaviours and, and yeah. what can you do outside the box from, from sitting and writing um, and, and that's again where TAs come in. And yeah. We do a lot of intervention here, you know, we, we, we go outdoors and, and we just do different things to everyday sort of curriculum if you like. It's not for everybody. Yeah. That's for curriculum. It's not for everybody. No, my opinion, my opinion only. Mainstream is this is the information we're going to give you. We're going to test you on the information we're going to give you. Then we're going to grade you mm. on the information that we've given you. Yep. Is it actually learning? The teaching to pass exams. Yeah, that's the that. test. Yes, that, and that's that's what mainstream your school life is. Is really, it's all about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We put in the right up in your preview, Tony. You said you, know, you work with kids outside of mainstream. Yeah, so we'll touch on that now. Um, what is outside? What is mainstream, and what is? Yeah, so so mainstream education is is your you know your standard route that most children will follow in education. It, you know, you, you know, early years into key stage one, your infant school, your junior school, your high school. You know where you'll do your SATs and you'll do your, your GCSEs. You choose your choose your options on, on into college. Uh, then obviously you've got your different education. You've got your your SEMH is where I work, which is social, emotional, mental health. So we're a school. I work in, in a school that is um, for children who aren't in mainstream or have struggled in mainstream. So our children who've been expelled from mainstream schools. Yeah. And there's a big myth around the types of kids in these schools, you know, you would always assume they're naughty kids, yeah. but really there's a reason they're here and, and quite often it's the fact that they've been in a mainstream school with 30 kids per class, quite often they've got a learning need, yeah. which it could be, it could be dyslexia, it could be ADHD, whatever, 
but because they're in a class of 30 it doesn't get picked up on and, and they become the kid that's crying out and what they'll often do is act out yeah. the behaviour because they need it you know so then they're then are the kid that's disrupting and then it follows a cycle of eventually they're removed because yeah. it's easier to teach like you said 25 kids who've got their head down and writing because they're being taught to pass an exam this one kid just needs someone to take him aside and show him how to read something differently or he needs to do something with his hands or, or whatever it is and and quite often it's those kids who end up in a, a, a special school if you like um, they ain't got the time to <coughs> to focus on that no 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 because the majority of yeah. the priority and, 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 and I get it as well because my mum was mainstream and I've worked in mainstream it is pressure because and it's because this is the matter of a dig at any mainstream teacher because they're going to do a lot of pressure to mm-hmm. keep keep hitting these statistics. You see it when you go past high school, yeah. 96% of our kids yeah. did this, what about well, the 4%? Well, where's the 4% more? Because they'll be licking the, 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 the bottom of the shoe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But they could also be the 4% that, that add to our ever growing uh, mental health crisis, and, and, and you know, they, they mm-hmm. could be the ones that. That end up doing drugs or making you know, yeah. there's, there's got to be a place for them as well. And I think schools or maybe the education they should start to celebrate a little bit more what they're doing with those kids that go under the radar yeah. and success stories and things like that. Well, there's a thing as well like society and the way the system has become easy to remove the character. Mm-hmm. I've seen it in sports, you've seen it in there. You call Gascon. Yeah, you know what I mean. Whatever he was getting up to in his part now, he dealt with it with the alcoholism and everything like that. But little bit of character. Yeah. S- same in school. Character. Stamp Get rid of that. Yeah. Stamp it out. Yeah. You know. Massive, massive. John Lennon, Gallagher, brother, mm-hmm. fan there. They would have been in that category. Yeah, they now what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. You're just thinking on a different plane. Thing. Then I'm going to sit here and pass this test. But what about before I just go by? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm <laughs> seeing the guitar. Yeah, yeah, I'm seeing yeah. things different. What time did you see the locking up? Very shortly. It's 3 o'clock now. Right, we'll get to it next day. So yeah. we just don't want to get locked in? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they'll knock on it anyway. Sound. Um, yeah, and the point I'm getting to is exactly what you said. Um, what you're doing with that 4%, are these potentially are geniuses. Well, yeah, they could be. I mean, not every millionaire, and and I don't, I'm not going to start naming famous millionaires, but if you look, I know a lot. There's a lot of really successful millionaires, businessmen, or, or who didn't have an education, who turned their hand to something else, didn't they? And you hear stories quite often of they were rebels and things like that because it, this, the, the, stuff, the traditional edge, so the British traditional education, is it doesn't suit everybody. And no. it doesn't bring out the best of everybody. You know, not we're not all meant to be behind a book and, and, and writing yeah. and reading with this. You know, and why should we be? This is another thing. And it's, a, it's probably one of those up for debate. You know, and that's why I think homeschooling has become more popular. Now, isn't it? There's things mm-hmm. called uh, forest schools. We've seen those as well. Yeah. 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 Learning with your hands and, and, and actually getting out there. And who's to say that people who go to a mainstream school will be or, or have a better education than someone who learns outside? It's it's a well, form of national programme. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. Same. How, how do you control the masses? You know, I, we've done it ourselves. With, I'll, I'll go back in military and sport. Mm. Sporting, how does one coach control 36 lads? Mm. Programming. Yeah. Discipline, doing whatever you call values in the military. 
out of this one commander tell all these blokes we're weapons yeah, yeah. you're going to go do this yeah. don't you tell me what I'm doing mm. it's again it's programming and um, comply or die yeah a lot of, we see it in every walk of society this is how you do it why because everybody else does it mm. yeah but again like our job very dangerous yeah our, our artists our everything they see things a little bit different yeah well it's usually you mentioned forest schools there I did that as part of a qualification of in the schools and it <coughs> the proofs in the pudding your rebels yeah. love forest schools stand out and love being yeah. love going yeah. outside yeah. and the very high academic standard ones in class they're in the world of pain outside, they yeah, hate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And there's no there's no happy medium. Which is uh, I tell you and that, that brings me on to like a, something that I always remember from school and I've i I've witnessed it even recently and I'm I've always found a way around it. So whenever I acted up in school and, and I know this same lads of me, nine times out of ten the punishment would be to not let me go and play for the school team. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, how, how long's that? Yeah. Well, take your break time off. You yeah. take your exercise off. You. Yeah. And that was all. And I've seen. I've worked with people who've done it now. And what what they would do is punish someone for acting out in a completely different lesson. They punish them by taking away an, a, 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 a sporting lesson. So we mm. can't do that because they've acted up in your lesson, but not acted up in my lesson. So so yeah. or my trip. That yeah. child is still coming out of me representing this school because look about and do a good thing which mm. which might make that bad thing go away but and 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 it's just it's like you're saying though you know that they excel in different things and, and that's always been a bugbear of me that and it's always something my teachers try to punish me with they always try and take away me if something i, I enjoy yeah. as a punishment rather than find a different way of me enjoying that place well yeah you're going to take that away from me i'm going to make sure next time oh i'm going to rebel it oh i'm going to rebel it you're going to take it away from me next time i'm going to up the anti big time yeah watch what i do which is right isn't it it's just natural that's what you do just escalation massively yeah yeah it's good so what does the future hold you know i think about this all the time because i always think to myself I don't want to be in a classroom till like I retire, because <sighs> I think the job it's getting harder, as in pressures and kids. Are get, the, the children are so buried now, like their learning needs and behavioural yeah. needs, and um, we're going into a different age. Like we were talking before about you know the PlayStation generation. That's what that's what what I like to call it. And PE's even getting harder to deliver because the numbers are dropping off and. Um, I think for me, I'll probably just keep doing doing what I do um, job-wise, but I'm, since I've started the Lockdown Challenge, I've, I've kind of like, like, I've started wanting to help people more, um, just giving me time up a bit more and things like that, you know, yeah. not really, no financial gain doesn't bother me, but I'm happy, I'm settled now in life, I've all my shit in the past type of thing. Yeah. So just probably just stay on this path really, I don't know. You know what, it wouldn't surprise me if I hit 40 and I think all looks to it, let's do something completely different and let's go another roller coaster, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well you're the type of person that likes to keep things fresh as yeah, well. Definitely, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. Like you said, it's nothing wrong, and I felt, you felt it, I've done this for two years now. Mm. You know, like I'm looking at my watch like it's mm. <laughs> got another year Get on it. Yeah, because you're like, I'm good at this. Mm. 
Some people can't compute. You no. put it. Why are you going to change? Yeah, because well, I want to go learn that. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm like that. So I don't want to get to a point where I'm good, which I'm, I'm at now. I'm like I'm comfortable what I'm doing, but quite often when people get comfortable, mm. they stop improving and you get complacent, and then you just become another one of them. And, yeah, and I'd yeah. rather keep improving. And, and do you know what? Even if that means I have a complete career change, so what? I'd do it with a positive mindset and, and I'm doing it because I'm actually doing it because I want to freshen myself up and have a new challenge, you know. Isn't that the thing of a developer as well, though, whether you be coaching in a classroom or doing whatever? How can you, and I've found this myself, how can I give advice, mm. help you develop if I'm not challenging you? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's important that you, the circles that you keep as well are key into what, what you get into good ones and bad ones, we've all been there, aren't we? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. bad circles. Um, I think if people make you feel good or happy and it's reciprocated in them, you <coughs> need to stick in them circles. Yeah, so no, yeah. You're locked down, you've helped God knows how many mm. people are that. Yeah. Yeah. And we're teaching as well. They're, um, they're good circles, aren't they? Yeah, they, yeah, they are, you're right. And, and I think what, what I've learned and come to realise is that if you're surrounding yourself or you've been around people that have dragged you down they'll continue to drag you down yeah. and, and if you put yourself in that situation don't expect anything good to come out of it because yeah. you'll again it'll just be a negative and negative so I, I've learned as I've got a bit older and probably this job as well I don't take things too sort of to heart as much anymore and, and I, I, you know, I don't kind of get involved in sort of chit chat and, and, and slang and all that and I just, I'm like, no, I'm just like, you know, whatever you're, you're doing, good on you, man, you do what you're doing, you do what you're doing, and, and, and yeah. so be it, yeah. and, you know, because like everyone, yeah, because everyone's finding their own way, aren't they, and like I said, I, I won't be surprised, I'm 35 now, it won't surprise me in the slightest if in five years' time I call it a day and teach and we'll do something else, just, yeah. Why should I? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It swings and roundabouts, yeah, isn't it, of yeah. course, yeah, you are doing maybe better than, because this is where I come across sometimes I, I, in coaching world as well. Well done, you've been school, you've been uni, you've done everything. Mm. When were you fucked up? Yeah. Where, where, where is your experience to actually say you're qualified yeah, exactly. to develop somebody? Absolutely. And that's um, what we touched on before when I was saying, like, qualified in what? Exactly. Yes, you've studied, which is great because you need to study, but yeah. outside of that, your education route, what have you done, what have you done in your real life? Yeah. Apart from what can you offer these these people apart from what you've learnt in a university? And that's where I think that's my teaching style is is that's what I bring to it. I, I kind of use yeah. My experiences, yeah. along with what I've learned on the way, and the point we're putting across, whichever camera we're in, education is good. Kids stay in school. Yeah. The point is, if you're good enough to do the job, pay them the wage. That's yeah. the point we're saying. Well, yeah. The reason I asked you about being a TA because I used to be one before I went back to uni. Yeah. Or to uni, I was offering covering teachers. Yeah. Do, so they do the job. Yeah. Right, this needs doing. Mm. I'm happy with that, and I do it. Yeah. But the, the pay difference for TAs get paid. It's not even minimum wage. It, it, if I'm honest, it's embarrassing, and that's not. It's illegal. That's not against. <laughs> that's not <laughs> against. Yeah. My partner's a TA. She's a qualified teacher, but she works as a TA because she doesn't want the pressures of a teacher. Yeah. Um, and I know now, especially in my job, 
I can't work without a tier. What the, the, they are worth the weight in gold. Oh, They're yeah. absolutely brilliant. And what they get paid is embarrassing, really. They should be, they should be treated miles better because the amount of work that TAs do, and, yeah. and you can't underestimate the quality of a good teaching assistant as a teacher because what quite often you know you're the one that sets the work but with you when you look around it's them that are, that are having those little connections yeah. with, with students here there and they're bringing them on and um, well, the masking exactly. movement and, and so you don't have any dead air time yeah dead yeah. space the fillers and even again like your displays everything right come here and interventions are, is a key <clears throat> word as well especially schools now or big classes and, and behavioral schools intervention is the biggest for me, one of the biggest sort of parts of a, of a school now is that intervening in between the different behaviours and, and mm. what can you do outside the box from, from sitting and writing um, and, and that's again where TAs come in and yeah. we do a lot of intervention here, you know, we, we, we go outdoors and, and we just do different things to everyday sort of curriculum if you like, it's, it's not for everybody, the national curriculum is not for everybody. No, exactly. It's not, and again, my opinion, my opinion only mainstream is this is the information we're going to give you we're going to test you on the information we're going to give you then we're going to grade you mm. on the information that we've given you yeah. is it actually learning the teaching to pass exams yeah to pass the test yeah that, and that's that's what mainstream your school life is is really it's all about well, you know, in the write up in your preview Tony it said you know you work with kids outside of mainstream yeah so we'll touch on that now um, what is outside what is mainstream and what is yeah so, so mainstream education is is your you know your standard route that most children will follow in education it, you know you, you know, early years into key stage one your infant school your junior school your high school you know where you'll do your SATs and you'll do your, your GCSEs. You choose your choose your options on, on into college. Uh, then obviously you've got your different education. You've got your your SEMH is where I work, which is social, emotional, mental health. So we're a school. I work in, in a school that is um, for children who aren't in mainstream or have struggled in mainstream. So our children who've been expelled from mainstream schools. Yeah. And there's a big myth around the types of kids in these schools, you know, you would always assume they're naughty kids. Yeah. But really, there's a reason they're here and, and quite... Um, what you're doing with that 4%, are these potentially our geniuses? Well, yeah, they could be. I mean, not every millionaire, and, and I don't, I'm not going to start naming famous millionaires, but if you look... I know a lot, there's a lot of really successful millionaires, businessmen or, or ha who don't, didn't have an education who yeah. turned their hand to something else, mm. didn't they? And you hear stories quite often of they were rebels and things like that because it, this, the, the, the traditional edge, so the British traditional education, is, it doesn't suit everybody and no. it doesn't bring out the best of everybody. You know, not, we're not all meant to be behind a book and, and, and writing yeah. and reading with this. You know, and why should we be? This is another thing. Like it's, a, it's, it's probably one of those up for debate. You know, and that's why I think homeschooling has become more popular. Now, hasn't it? There's things mm -hmm. called uh, forest schools. We've seen those as well. Yeah. 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 Learning with your hands and, and, and actually getting out there. And who's to say that people who go to a mainstream school will be or, or have a better education than someone who learns outside? It's it's a form of national program. Yeah, of course. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's the same. How do you control the masses? You know, we've done it ourselves. Uh, I'll go back and use military and sport. Mm. 
sporting, how does one coach control 36 lads? Yeah. Programming, yeah. discipline, doing whatever you three you call values in the military. How does one commander tell all these blokes with weapons, yeah, yeah. you're going to go do this. Yeah. Don't you tell me what I'm doing. Mm. And it's again, it's programming and um, comply or die. Yeah. A lot of, we see it in every walk of society. This is how you do it. Why? Because everybody else does it. Mm. Yeah. But again, like our John Lennon. Very Lennon's dangerous. And, Very dangerous. Yeah. Our, our artists, our everything, they see things a little bit different. Yeah. Well, it's usually, you mentioned forest schools there. I did that as part of a qualification in the school. And it, <clears throat> the proofs in there putting your rebels yeah. love forest school. Stand out they in love that. Peeing, yeah, yeah. They love going yeah. outside. Yeah. And the very high academic standard ones in class, they're in a world of pain outside. They yeah, hate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And there's no there's no happy medium. Which is there. I'd say and that, that brings me on to like a, something that I always remember from school and I've I've witnessed it even recently and I'm, I've always found a way around it so whenever I acted up in school and, and I know this same lads with me nine times out of ten the punishment would be to not let me go and play for the school yeah. team yeah how long's that or yeah. take your break time off you yeah. take your exercise off you yeah. and I was all and I've seen I've worked with people who've done it now and what what they would do is punish someone for acting out in a completely different lesson they punish them by taking away and a, like a, a sporting lesson so we well, can't do that because they've acted up in your lesson but not acted up in my lesson so so yeah. or my trip that yeah. child is still coming out of me representing this school because it's going to come out and do a good thing which mm. which might make that bad thing go away but and 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 it's just it's like you're saying there you know that they excel in different things and, and that's always been a bugbear in me that and it's always something my teachers try to punish me with they'd always try and take away me if something I, I enjoy yeah. as a punishment rather than find a different way of me enjoying that well it's well yeah you're going to take that away from me i'm going to make sure next time oh i'm going to be take it away from me next time i'm going to yeah. up the anti big watch time this. yeah watch what i do <laughs> yeah watch what i yeah, can do which is right isn't it it's just natural that's what you do cause escalation isn't massively it? yeah yeah. <clears throat> yeah so it's good so what does the future hold? You know, I think about this all the time because I always think to myself, I don't want to be in a classroom till like I retire. Because mm. <sighs> I think the job, it's getting harder, as in pressures and kids, are get, the, the children are so varied now, like their learning needs and behavioural yeah. needs, and um, we're going into a different age, like we was talking before about you know the playstation generation that's what that's what what i like to call it and pe is even getting harder to deliver because the numbers are dropping off and um i think for me i'll probably just keep doing doing what i do um job wise but I'm, since i've started a lockdown challenge i've, I've kind of like i like i've started wanting to help people more um just giving me time up a bit more and things like that you yeah. know not really financial gain doesn't bother me but I'm happy I'm settled now in life I've all my shit in the past type of thing yeah so just probably just stay on this path really I don't know do you know what it wouldn't surprise me if I hit 40 and I think bollocks to it let's do something completely different and let's go another roller coaster. do you know what I mean yeah well you're the type of person that likes to keep things fresh as yeah, well yeah definitely yeah yeah like you said it's nothing wrong and I felt you felt it 
I've done this for two years now. Mm. You know, like I'm looking at my watch like it's mm. <laughs> got another year yeah, on it. Sure, yeah. yeah, but see you're like, I'm good at this. Mm. And some people can't compute this, but you're no. good at it, why are you gonna change? Yeah, because well, well, I wanna go and learn that. Evolve, Absolutely, right? yeah, and, and I'm, I'm like that, so I don't wanna get to a point where I'm good, which I'm, I'm at now, like I'm comfortable what I'm doing, but quite often when people get comfortable, they stop improving and they get complacent and then you just become another one of them and, yeah. and I'd yeah. rather keep improving and, and do you know what even if that means I have a complete career change so what I, I'd do it yeah. with a positive mindset and, and I'd be doing it because I'm actually doing it because I want to freshen myself up and have a new challenge you know isn't that the thing of a developer as well though whether you be coaching in a classroom or doing whatever how can you and I've found this myself how can I give advice, mm. help you develop if I'm not challenging myself? Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. You're an hypocrite, aren't you? You are. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's... It's important. Uh, yeah. The circles that you keep as well are key into what what you get into. Because there's good ones and bad ones. Mm. We've all been there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad circles. Um, I think if there's... People make you feel good or happy, and it's reciprocated in them, <clears throat> He's a sick in them circles. Definitely, so yeah. Lockdown, you've helped. God knows how many mm. people with that. Yeah. Boards, yeah. And we teaching as well. They're um, they good circles, aren't they? Yeah, they, they are. You're right. And, and I think what what I've learned to come to realise is that if you surround yourself or you've been around people that have dragged you down, they'll continue to drag you down. Yeah. And, and if you put yourself in that situation, don't expect anything good to come out of it because yeah. you'll again it'll just be a negative and negative so i've learned as i've got a bit older and probably this job as well i don't take things too sort of to heart as much anymore and and i, and I don't kind of get involved in sort of chit chat and, and, and slanging and all that mm. and i just i'm like no i'm just like you know whatever you're, if you're doing good on you man you do what you're doing you do what you're doing and, and, and yeah so be it yeah. you know because like yeah because everyone's finding their own way aren't they and like i said i, I won't be surprised i'm 35 now it won't surprise me in the slightest if in five years time i call it a day and teach and go and do something else just yeah. I, just, I, just, I, I probably will just want another challenge I, i've especially with like the lockdown i've had a look at how like people have been coming to me for advice like, oh, like you know i don't know mate you know, i'm not a psychiatrist i'm not a, you mm. know but it's given me an idea to sort of maybe look at opening a, a bit of a drop-in centre, a bit of an a bit of a, an educational centre, because I've got the qualifications I've got, yeah. rather than it be a school, it'd be like an adult educational centre where we can do some outdoor learning, you know, for lads who are looking at getting back into jobs or lads who have maybe suffered with, with some depression and just to sort of boost them and get them back in. You know, it's just an idea, but... Yeah. Mm. No, we've had those experiences and it's not all oh, my developer like this or ever. I'm a bit of a leader in the field. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's that's where we found over the last two hours and overheating cameras and door slamming and yeah. telecoms coming through. But no sex panting. No, no panting. Yeah, no, no panting yeah. <laughs> We've got there. So thank you for sitting down with us. No, mate, you're welcome, both of you. It's 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 been good. I've enjoyed it. Um, it's nice to just share like yeah. life experience in it and in different yeah. ways and, and that's what we said before you know what you've done in life can outweigh sort of what you can get down on a piece of paper or a certificate you can get and, and the more the more you can share it and, and sort of bounce off different people and, and accept different people's ways of life everyone will be a little bit better off it won't they you know it's yeah. 
definitely you've got to be a little bit more open-minded but you know, it's been good enjoyed it shout outs yeah i've got any shout outs uh, anyone at all anyone at all yeah shout out to my missus hi rachel got a shout out right actually my, <laughs> my missus used work here as well so we, that's how we met we met you all right yeah yeah, yeah. Um, shout out to my kids and i want to give a shout out are we on that camera that camera bit above bit above so, <laughs> uh, just yeah everybody in, in the lockdown challenge as well because yeah. um we started that group like nine nine weeks ago now um with the intention of just like i said to just tackling boredom and being there for people and the things we've been able to do we've gone on and we've, we've helped so many people and, and when i said we i mean the group everybody in it just you mentioned before there's someone puts asked for some advice and there's 600 comments and so yeah just everybody who everybody who's doing it tough and everybody who's who's had a bit of a shit time everybody who's thinking of changing something just go for it do it you know just yeah. have a go at it and, and if if you fail or you don't it doesn't work think about what didn't work do something different yeah. and try and go ahead you know yeah and we'll just, put all the uh, we'll put the um the links in the descriptions mm. to all the gofundmes and yeah yeah cool yeah, like yeah. That, keep the money ticking over are you just keeping it open we're going to close it this sunday <clears throat> because obviously it's been nine weeks now and, and as we're kind of coming out a lot doing that way in a way whether yeah, it's yeah. right or wrong you know yeah, we right are out yeah, yeah exactly yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. so what we i was mindful that we didn't want to get to a point where everything's back to normal and we, we still got this money so we're going to hand it over on sunday we're going to close it on sunday we want we want to hit 15 grand i think we're about 300 quid short now and then we're gonna like i said we're yes you get donations in um we're gonna then start asking for um smaller organizations smaller clubs whatever people in need to come to us and i'm gonna change how we do it and we're gonna look at raising money and, and trying to boost things for different people and stuff you know and, and at least we can say that 33,000 of us raised 15 grand for the nhs and we did our bit we did our bit we, we tackled mental health and well-being yeah. and press ups drinking pints dressing up in our wife's clothes whatever it is but it got us there didn't it it got, yeah. us, got us to the end well, so. good idea. been brilliant well, i've read posts people saying the same thank you this group's helped me so mm. much because you don't know what people are getting up to behind closed doors no. well there was even a bit on our, on our street one of lads let's just say lives at number one yeah lockdown challenge did a pint guy in number two yeah. did two pints yeah. and they had a bit of tennis yeah. between yeah. them both to the buffet garden like you said it would have been a piece of what are you going to win this piece of grass yeah but it's got it's got me through as well i'll be honest i was probably a bit like you two especially in your former like you know your careers when you're so used to being active i'm so used to being in and i teach eight lessons a day where i'm i'm either on that field or i'm in a gym and i was like thinking i'm going to be going home just, just sat about like, scratching and, yeah. scratching and scary it's like wow it, so it's kept me occupied as well and, and i hope obviously it's it's done good for everybody so it has yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, any shout outs to this week um polly she started a run 